all got that voice in our head that tells us we can't do stuff. But some people are just better at not listening to it. And by sitting down with those people, asking them questions, and then you know, recording it and blasting it out on the internet, perhaps, maybe, I can help other people like me get out of our own way. Hey guys, welcome back to Closure Optional. My guest this week is the wonderful and exciting and confusing Nick Sun. He is, uh, well, fuck, where do we even start with? He's probably one of the most interesting and strange and cool and funny and silly people that I know. He was a comedian for about 13 years uh, around Australia and uh, has also now taken the last couple years off to do some pretty intensive psychedelic plant medicine training. And now he's uh, doing qigong, I think is how you pronounce it, um, and all kinds of other shit. He writes for Medium and also uh, has a YouTube channel where he posts all kind of wacky videos about cool shit. He is a creative, in my opinion, one of the most creative and interesting people that I've ever met. And it's a good thing for him and a terrible thing for him because like anything that comes out of the creative realms, it's chaotic and confusing and uh, rife with self-doubt and uh, I suppose feeling isolated, lonely, and lost. And uh, he seems to be managing this pretty well in his own way now doing what he's doing up in Darwin. So this is a great conversation. I, ha I have spoken to Nick before on this podcast, so you can go and have a listen to that when he was here once before. But this is a really fun conversation. We, I went to catch up with him out where his retreat was, where he's studying uh, Qigong right now. And so we just went into a meadow as the sun was going down and laid in the grass and talked to each other <laughs> and recorded the conversation. So it was very uh, funny and strange chat. We talk a lot about coming on people's faces and some deep philosophical ideas about the nature of being. And why not? Because we can. And it's my fucking podcast and I can do whatever I want. And I love that. Thank you so much for listening. As always, I'm off to America soon, so I will have uh, one more podcast for you before I go, and then a couple of American guests while I'm overseas, and then I'll be back in action as per normal, and hopefully having a live podcast for you plan coming up very soon. If you like this podcast or any other podcasts of mine, please do uh, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. You can like my pages on Facebook and Instagram, all that shit, or support the podcast at patreon.com. Calm. For the amount of hours that I spend trying to figure out how to make this podcast good, uh, your money really helps me out in a major way. Thank you so much for listening as always, and I'll talk to you again soon. Go. Go. <laughs> Hi, Nick. Hi, Lorna. <laughs> this is so romantic. Well, uh, aside from the fact that we're... Uh, Holding microphones. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like it's like a picnic. It's an electronic picnic. This is a just picnic. W just without the food. Yeah. And, uh, it's the, a picnic the romance. in the future. <laughs> this is what it's going to be like when robots go on dates in the future. Well, it's going to be like weird amplification dildos. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like you hold on to it and it sends surges to your, um, That'd be nice. to your partner. I think they've already got that, right? Do they? 
I don't know, they've got those electrocution machines and stuff. Oh, yeah, they have like Tasers. an app. Tasers. Oh, yeah, they're called Tasers. I just Tasers. realized my picture of romantis, romant, romance is very skewed right now. <laughs> yeah, you I know love when you're tasering tased. the person you love <laughs> and they're ejaculating furiously <laughs> like a hurricane inside a cyclone? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen that for a while. I just, someone did come on my back recently, though. Oh, yeah? yeah. What was that like? Gross. Do, do, but do <laughs> some women like being cummed on their back? No. 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 I felt like a tissue. It's mostly a guy thing, huh? Yeah, I, I was never really like, into that. He, like, I pretty much, um, I, yeah. he had sex on me. Okay. <laughs> you know, there's uh, any point that you can be like, hey, can you stop this, please? <laughs> <laughs> you can do that, you know? Yeah. Also, you, you're a fairly skilled Muay Thai fighter, so you can, if he doesn't listen, you can just fucking crack the fuck out yeah. of the guy. Yeah, it was pretty funny. It was just one of those things that it kind of, like, slowly progressed, and then I found myself in a awkward position that mm. I wasn't getting out of and I was like well I'm, I'm not unhappy here but no I'm you just, also, you just get up and you leave the room That's, it's not that hard he was on top of me on my back well you like do a fucking <laughs> twist and like tear his cock off yeah I don't know I wasn't like it wasn't violent like it wasn't that I was unwilling I was 100% consenting it was just weird yeah, but that's what Stranger Sex is all well, about. It's yeah, weird. I guess so. I mean, I don't know. It's a weird. No, I'm not. I'm not really into the whole coming on on women's faces or men's oh, faces fuck and that. stuff no, like that. But like, I don't know where that edge urge comes from. It has to be fairly, you know, unhealthy, I guess, in a way. Mm. Or maybe it's unhealthy not to vent that in a safe sort of space with someone who loves you. <laughs> yeah, like sometimes you just want to spray cum on someone you love. Yes. No. No. I never wanted <laughs> oh, to do no, that. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, it's, it's just a weird fucking thing. Usually, it's out of technical necessity. It's because there's nothing nearby to catch the cum, and you don't want to catch it. Inside you come in your, your hand and you wipe it on the wall. That's what you do. Or <laughs> <laughs> well, you grab the rubbish you bin and you pull wall. out and you fucking direct it in there, oh, or a tissue, okay. or a tissue, yeah. or the cat, their sheets, or the cat, <laughs> or the dog if they don't have a cat. Yeah. All right. There's many options out there. You just got to think outside the cum box. Yeah. Think <laughs> off the back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't like getting cummed in the face, that's for sure. I don't mind <laughs> if someone comes accidentally on my belly. Like I can... If oh, fill, well, yeah, you know, that's just practical. Cum, I, don't, yeah. I don't know anyone who has a fetish of coming inside the belly button. No. Just like... Ew. Imagine the ear hole. You'd never get it out. Well, unless you had some cotton buds and had a shower straight after. You're just pushing jizz in deeper into your ear hole. Isn't that, that's what happens when you put a cotton bud in. It'd be weird if you conceived babies inside people's ears and you just got this fucking, where would the lump be? Probably the back of the head or something. Yeah, you'd start growing out of your neck like a goiter. And then you'd give birth <laughs> to it out, out of your mouth and your nostril. <laughs> Aren't we glad that that's not what happens? I like the way this podcast has started. We're like, yeah, let's talk about these philosophical conversations and then it just Went straight to the coming on the back stuff, which I guess is pretty philosophical if you're reading a book while you're doing it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. That's that's why he come on my back is because yeah. he was so engrossed in Voltaire. Well, yeah, usually you know just to balance out the you know the sort of um, degradation involved in coming on someone's face. I, I'm reading Kierkegaard at the same time, you know. Yeah, yeah, definitely um, balance it out. Fear and dread, or whatever the fuck that thing was called. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I, we I, we should take a selfie at some point so that I can post it with this so people know where we are. Well, we better do it now because the sun's fucking coming down. Okay. But so everybody that's listening to this, uh, we are in the middle of the woods near Mount Tambourine in a on a hillside. Yep. Swathed in clothing. 
right. And that's so you'll get to see the picture of that because we just took it as Wafton clothing um, on a hillside at sundown, yep. laying in the grass. That's right. It's so good to see you, man. It's been it's good to see you too. It's been six months, pretty much roughly. At yeah. least, yeah. And what happened since then? Uh, I moved to Darwin. Yes. Um, oh, that's right. What's it like up there? Oh, it's great. There's no time there. Yeah, it's weird. People huh? don't care. Like, yeah. I'm not doing anything. I was I was kind of shaken after my burger flood dose, which happened last time I talked to you. And then I got up there, and I didn't know my, the house fell through where I was supposed to move into back outside of Sydney. And then I just ended up in Darwin, and I just canceled my plane flight. And I just realized, I think I'm going to live here for a while. Yeah, wow. Yeah, that's great up there. It is. It's easy to get lost in the timelessness of Darwin. I found I lived yeah. there for a year and a half. Oh, okay, sort of yeah. Oh, yeah. You did, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I got. I got into a little bit of crack though, so that was probably my my problem. Yeah. Well, I'm avoiding the crack. You know, it's not not really um. It's not on the on agenda. List, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not really how I roll. <laughs> I went to move to Darwin because of the crack scene. Yeah. <laughs> It's a good crack scene. It's great. There's no time, mostly because I'm spent, you know, trying to score crack and then taking it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, it's great. I love it. Where um, are you living in Darwin? I'm living in Humpty Doo. Oh, yeah, in, cool. uh, On a five-acre semi-jungle property in a shipping container. Wow. Yeah. Whoa, cool. Uh, it's awesome. A shipping container home, like multiple containers or one single? It's one big container and there's four rooms. Wow. And there's like, um, you know... One bedroom, my office, and then there's an outdoor area, which is like the sitting room, kitchen, um, you buy yourself? bathroom. Oh, there's four other people living on the uh, property. Oh, okay. Three other people. So you do mm. see other humans periodically. You're not just lost. Um, yeah, I see people periodically. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I wasn't seeing many people for the first couple of months, but that's just what needed to happen. Sometimes you've got to just take a, a T.O. from life. Yeah, man. And take stock and... Uh, Sit in your filth and sift through it for a while until you're clear of it. <laughs> How was the filth? What you've experienced? Uh, well, I, I basically decompressed from three years of heavy psychedelic medicine use. Yeah. And so uh, the experience was a bit like um, downgrading from a superhero in my own sci-fi movie to a extra in a mockumentary no one watches. <laughs> and uh, I went through a range of emotions. <laughs> You, um, were, you were a godhead, a shaman <laughs> godhead, and then you became a piece of shit. Oh, then I realized it was just because I was drinking fucking ayahuasca every week. <laughs> I had fucking, Oops. you know, 10 to 15 people going, you're amazing. Yeah, yeah. Because you just gave me this thing that made my brain go weird. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, it was actually really good. The Iboga seemed to have fixed some childhood stuff, but then there was like a a lot of stuff coming up. And I was just doing maybe two hours of Qigong a day which is also helping the process of clearing a lot of stuff that was being held in my body. Yeah, getting back into your body, huh? Yeah, and then I just kind of stabilized, and I was like, oh, I'm actually happy now. And uh, that's nice, knowing that. And uh, now things are just uh, building. Yeah, cool. And you've been writing. Obviously, you're still writing all the time, which is really good. I always <coughs> see your articles. And you've done a kind of podcast on... SoundCloud, yeah. a one or two. Yeah, I tried to do the podcasting, but I couldn't do it, man. I just, I just, I just wasn't feeling it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man. You, I mean, you've got such a great brain to talk to, and it, I th eventually, no matter what, the chaos inside your head will get out into the world. Yeah, we I just worked out a comedy, of course. But yeah, I'm working on it, but I just, you know, I, some of the wrestling actually that three, four months of dark fucking ups and downs 
I'd be lying in my shipping container just going, what the fuck am I doing in Darwin? Yeah. I, I need to go back to comedy and, and do this and do that. And then, and then I'd, I'd calm down and I'd be like, I don't want to go back there. I don't want to do that. And then two weeks later, I'd have another attack and I couldn't sleep. And, yeah. and eventually... Well, it's like there's this thing that wants to come out of you, man. Like there is, I think in creative people in general, there's an, there is a desire to expel this thing. Mm. In some yeah. way or another. And I think that you have got like such an intense creative uh, essence about you that w- if you stop doing something creative, you're go- it's it's like a leak. You know what I mean? It's going to come yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. So you start writing, then you stop writing, then you start a podcast, then you stop comedy. You know, like there's always going to be some. Yeah. It's yeah, going to try yeah. and find its way out of you somehow. Music. Yeah. I, you know, part of it, I, was, I started thinking like, I don't know, this is just like fucking, you know, narcissistic. And it kind of is. Not that I'm criticizing anyone doing it, but like, you know, you want sort of people to respond and then, you know, I just, I don't know. I yeah, but there's a bunch of different lenses to look at this shit through. And I think I'm I'm actually just discovering this right now. There's a comedian that I've been watching a bunch lately that I cannot get enough of. He's called James A. Caster. Oh, yeah, I know him. He's a British guy. Um, and there's just, he's a weird style, just... It's quite clean, but intelligent, but just silly. Like, everything he does is very silly. You can tell he's a super intelligent person, but his comedy is just goofy. Like, really goofy and silly. And there's something, like, there's no pretense about it, and there's not him trying to, like, sell an agenda or be impressive or be a philosopher about it. He is who he is. When I listen to him, like, I've listened to him on podcasts, and he's very serious and interesting and smart and Mm. whatever. He doesn't have anything to prove with his comedy, if that makes sense. Yeah, He literally just wants to make the most entertaining, funniest, wackiest, you know, greatest idea. Get this idea out. And I think that's really nice. Like, I think sometimes we try too hard to... Uh, have these big grandiose ideas with comedy. Yeah, When it's like, it doesn't have to be like that. Your job is to expel that creative force in the most authentic way you can for the yeah. entertainment of others. In a way, but I don't know. I, I went through this thing where I, I fell down a climate change hole and um, I started researching all that. And then I was just like, I, I read this book. You should read it. It's called. It's by this guy called Jared Kopeck called I Hate the Internet. Okay. And that's, it's fucking, he's just brutal. It's like reading stand-up almost. One of his favorite, oh, cool. one of his main influences is Stuart Lee actually. So it's literally written like a Stuart Lee act but wow. as a book okay and <clears throat> I read that book and then I read his other book which was Only Americans Burn in Hell which is all about um, the world going to hell and everyone being entertained mm. like being distracted yeah yeah so okay. I don't know I just started thinking <laughs> I don't know I just uh, yeah I was just like ah oh, fuck I don't know if I can really yeah like there are bigger things than fucking entertain people at yeah, 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 I just I got really that. I think I think Humpty Doo is a good vantage point for me to get sick of society. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I think like I mean there's only so much like wallowing in in the horror of the situation. Oh yeah, I, I agree. That I, we I'm, can I'm, do, I'm not wallowing. You know? But but you know, there's there's wallowing and then there's like proactive putting movement. your head in the sand, you know. So the oh, stuff that I, I know that I'm doing that is good. Um, I got a very good message from uh, a recent, pretty much my only journey of this year was uh, I did a small dose of iboga just to connect back in with that. And uh, the plant spirit told me, <laughs> 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 this is probably going to go over some people's heads, but uh, 
you know, these plants, they have a hyperdimensional intelligence that uh, <laughs> tell you things that do not come from inside of me. That's going to be a bit of a stretch of imagination for people who... Uh... Anyway, it told me that um, the collapse is coming. Um, didn't really tell me when, but it said it's coming. And so we kind of got to prepare for it. <laughs> yeah, so like what better way to, to prepare for it than ex- like connecting to yourself in the, the greater scheme of things, like cr- the greater creative oh, outlets, yeah, yeah, yeah. trying to explore ideas in bigger ways. You know? Oh, like, I am, I am. Well, I, 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 I think that's, and, and I think like you have got, you've got a really unique, and it doesn't have to be through oh, comedy, it's, it's but just happen, like such a cool, unique voice that like getting it out yeah. and then being able to like connect to human beings about the seriousness of what you understand. Yeah, well... In a way that makes things easier well, exactly. to digest. Exactly. I mean, I was like, how, what can I do to change this situation? And I realized it was to get on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> Fucking that's where everyone is. Yeah, so I've got some ideas and I've bought a camera, so that's going to happen after this Qigong retreat. Um, among the other things that I'm doing, some of them I would rather not talk about. Fine. Um, <laughs> coming on people's yeah, faces. Yeah, pretty much. Coming on various people's faces. <laughs> That's changing the world one come at a time. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to do. <laughs> yeah. Changing complexions one of faces. lackadaisical sex. <laughs> yeah. I like lackadaisical sex. Just <laughs> chucking your sexual organs around at random in public transport. <laughs> yeah, you can have this. Boink. Oh, you go in. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, you can go in if you want to. I'm not worried about Schmook it. Schmook around in there. <laughs> Pull out and, you know, try to come on the pavement, please. <laughs> if you can help it. That's good. It went really serious for a minute, and then, and then it went back to coming on people's backs. <laughs> you can always trust a good come to lighten the mood. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I think, um, I think you're right. Like, I go through this uh, little... I go through this uh, daily, in fact. You know, it's like you wake up and you're like, what the fuck am I doing? Why am I agonizing over a joke about a poo particle right yeah, now yeah, when yeah. it fucking does not matter? What yep. I should be doing is spending my energy trying to write this book that I've been working on for fucking three years that I've never done or teaching people Muay Thai or working on myself. or You know, like there's a yeah, million yeah, yeah. things. But then every time you zoom into any of the one thing you do, it all seems stupid. Do you know what I mean? Muay Thai oh, no, is stupid you, in the grand you, scheme of things. If you, No, I don't think so. I don't know. I, I, see, this is, this, is, this is why also I'm partly avoiding the comedy route because that's what your brain becomes that way. You know, you start look, you, you know, you write material by going, oh, yeah, what's this, what's stupid about this thing? Yeah. And then, yeah. then that becomes an infectious way to view the world where you're constantly, te- like I'm fucking tearing it down all the time and I'm still, I'm like getting better. But even I'm, I'm doing this Qigong retreat and I started just hating on these fucking new age hippies <laughs> that I kept seeing one after the other. And I just fucking, I was just like, shut up. Like, Shut up, you know. Yeah, yeah, man. And then, and then I was just like, they're not bad people. They're actually quite nice people compared to fucking, you know, racist, you know, uh, fuckheads. Yeah. Um, So why am I hating on them? And then I just realized it's because I was doing all these liver clearing exercises. All this anger was coming out of me. Hmm. So your liver was, um, your liver is to blame for your hatred. No, yeah. (laughs) According to the traditional Chinese medical system, uh, that's where you store a lot of anger. Really? So these exercises I'm doing, they're internal organ massage exercises. So you're like literally juicing your organs like again and again for fucking eight hours a day. Whoa. And so all these fucking um, emotions are coming out and patterns and stuff like that. Like today I was like so fucking sick. 
Yeah, he's in the morning. I don't know what the fuck went on. I just woke up with this horrible headache. I was completely freezing cold. I had a hot shower, then I was too fucking hot. Oh my god! And I was vomiting and shit. And then about midday, I came good. <laughs> wow! So I think I was just. Fl- I've had something similar to that when I had this two and a half hour long shiatsu thing and, and they're, they're just using a lot of meridian and pressure points and it releases a lot of stored crap in your system. It's, it's similar to doing ayahuasca or all the medicines. It's just slower and you're controlling it. Wow. Mm. Yeah, that's weird. I started taking MSM powder, which is like a... What's that? It's like a sulfur kind of thing, like a detoxifier is supposed to help your joints and shit in okay, yeah, yeah. your skin and help uh, your body regenerate itself. Yeah, yeah. And yesterday, I was violently angry all day and I'm never fucking angry and I don't know why I just woke up I just had this like sensation yeah. that I hated everybody and everything it was so weird mm. and I couldn't shake it like I did I sat down I tried to meditate I tried to clear my head out tried to work on jokes that would make me laugh and I was just I hated myself you know that thing I think you just, just like, got to go through it because yeah. this is what this is what happened when I spent six months doing nothing like in Darwin well it was more like four months and that's I was supposed to do that because I was doing stuff so constantly for a long time I hadn't actually sat down to actually integrate any of it. Yeah. So there'd be two weeks of resentment against my parents <laughs> yeah. and then fucking three weeks of self-doubt and like hating myself. Wow. And then two weeks of, you know, I don't know, feeling like I was on top of the world again. And so, I don't know, you just have to go through these movements, I think. To yeah, find th- that's um, kind of one of my like most lonely feelings is that uh, I was talking about this in the podcast last week, like the sensation of being... I think it's called patience, probably, mm-hmm. for normal people. But it's like that things are exactly as they are right now, and they won't change until they change. And you just have to be there to experience them. Like, you can't escape the now. Mm, and and yeah, yeah, yeah. sitting with that feeling and acknowledging that this is exactly what it is right now and will be for as long as it is, is a really hard thing to feel. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, I think it's your mind which makes it hard to feel. But yeah. uh, that's why this this body stuff is really useful because it takes you out of your mind, which extends the moment of unpleasantness, and instead into your body, which is always in the present moment. So it goes quicker. Right, because I guess like the the story that my mind is saying is that it's always going to be like this. So you're fucking stuck here. Yeah, because your mind's going, yeah. and you're like, oh, is this going to go forever? But actually, it's just it's just. It just is. Well, yeah, you're in your mind, so your mind's always in the future or in the past. Mm-hmm. But if you short-circuit that and go into your body, then it goes quicker. Huh. Yeah, there's this thing called the default mode network. Have you heard about that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that's basically the parts of your brain, which are four or five areas of your brain, which are in constant communication with each other when you're not doing anything, and it's responsible for planning and... Um, you know, plotting and stuff like that. But in people who have overactive default mode networks, like people with depression, mental illness, creative types as well, I, my theory is comedians and writers have it pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. Mostly because they don't fucking do anything all day except for sit around and fucking brood. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it's responsible for anxiety, worry, guilt tripping, shame tripping, mm. all the sort of self fucking torture and stuff like that. And so they found that the only ways to get out of that is through mindfulness meditation, stuff like Qigong or some kind of mind-body experience, um, or psychedelics. So, wow. So, yeah. Yeah, I, was, I interviewed... A or coming on someone's face. 
That's actually the best one. <laughs> as long as you can constantly come on people's faces. Yeah, and not the recipient. I, th- I imagine that probably fucks your default mode network up. Um, unless they can get it right into your default mode network. Oh, yeah, like injected if, if into they can, the if, Yeah, if they can get like a nice wad like covering those four or five areas, <laughs> your, your vision just turns to a Microsoft screensaver. You sound but, like you're right on your way to starting a cult. Like um, that, I mean, that literally is the... That's kind of what the you can solve. told me. <laughs> <laughs> you can solve the world's problems by coming inside people's eyes well, until their default mo- mode network no longer is damaged. Um, Look, you uh, you got me signed up. Except for one thing. <laughs> <laughs> the, I, was, I, I haven't consented to this yet. <laughs> I, um, it's very hard to make a non-consenting person come, too. Yeah, that's true. Yes, I've experienced that myself. <laughs> <laughs> Noticing a theme of this podcast. <laughs> serious come. Serious come. <laughs> uh, yeah, talking about shameful memories. Um, oh, I interviewed this guy. He is not the person that I didn't want to come. So, by the way, this guy who was like 76 years old, I interviewed him on this podcast and there was no coming involved. So, okay. it's a weird segue, but it has nothing to do with come. It okay. has to do with the default mode network. Okay. He was saying that the first three years of your life are um, crucially important to, to your neurodevelopment, and the default mode network is the main thing that gets tampered with in that period of time. So uh. if the mother's stressed inside the body or if they're in a stressful environment or if the kid is taken away from the mother, doesn't get the affection they need, all of that stuff, that, <coughs> that particular area, which is responsible for so many mental health issues, yeah. gets really fucked with. Interesting. It's mm. good to know. Yeah, he was really interesting, man. And he so he spends a lot of time uh, trying to figure out how to reverse that or to deal with like the cultural issue with unsupported mothers. Oh, in yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I've uh, well, the Iboga was saying move back to a communal uh, living arrangement and shared childcare. So these there's these experimental communities like yes, that's what he's talking about. It's one called. Have you heard of Tamara? No. So Tamara is like this experimental. Uh, community in Portugal and they're uh, trying their hand at like, you know, non-monogamous relationships, um, open communication. So if you're like, they have group meetings and you can just come out and be like, I'm sexually attracted to Helga. (laughs) (laughs) And everyone just like floats it out there and she'll be like, I am not as sexually attracted to you or stuff like that. And then they have shared childcare, which is really important. Um, So they drop off their kids at at a shared childcare house the parents take a turn like every week to take care of them all. And then the kids only really see their parents if they want to, so if they ask to, which frees up a lot of time for the parents because I've got so many friends who are parents or yeah, single they can parents. Be fucking. They're fucking, exactly. <laughs> they need to be coming on each other's faces. <laughs> so it's a lot of work to do to take rear a kid. And yeah. once in a while, you've got to let off some steam and come on a face. Yeah, that's true. Well, uh, all yeah. right. How do you do a community like that and not make it fucking corny? Well, um, I think it's all about genuineness, right? And also, uh, I, I haven't begun, but uh, I basically am going to be looking at trying to decondition myself as much as possible from the internal mechanisms that have been inserted into me by the current dominant sort of system. But I think uh, communication, they said that all the, all the most successful communes, everyone's done a nonviolent communication course, which is... Okay. All based on communicating what your emotional needs are instead of accusing people of this or saying, you did this to me. You have to like 
yeah. break it down really simply. It's a really exhaustingly long way to communicate and it does uh. sound kind of corny, but... Um, <laughs> and then yeah, I, I just struggle with it. Like, I, I, I love this shit as a concept. I, I'll, so many of these ideas are interesting as a concept, but every time I've seen it in practice, I see people that are full of shit or they're corny as fuck and I don't want to well, be around Well, I them. think um, I've lived on one sort of thing like that. And the main, main stuff is that th- I think there's like people who generally want to create a better system of being and then people who are just fleeing the old system who've still got those internal... Um, Oh, yeah. Internalized mechanisms of shit, and they're not actually willing to heal or get their stuff sorted. So I think... Yeah. So these communities, they screen people. Like, they they make sure that people are ready to go through their shit because it's basically like... Well, I haven't been to one, but from what I can gather, it's a bit like a continuous encounter group. So you've got to be completely not an egotistical asshole. You have to be willing to be wrong. You, You have to be willing to be called on your shit. And <clears throat> I don't think it'll take one generation to undo all this. I think it'll take successive generations to sort of yeah. get to a point where you're living in a much um, more, <clears throat> I don't know. Uh, what I feel we should be doing is heading towards like, uh, if you, have you heard of like the bonobos and the chimpanzees? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, so, down the bonobo path where everyone Yeah, just... but they found out the reasons why the bonobos stayed matriarchal and, you know, vegetarian and... and free fucking on coming on everyone's faces all the time <laughs> and why the chimpanzees went all patriarchal and one guy gets all the sex and the other ones go off and fucking kill things is because the fucking gorillas ate all the vegetarian shit at the bottom of the forest so the chimpanzees were forced to go hunt ah. so it's all the fucking gorillas faults oh yeah those and bastards. so it's resources it was the resources which allowed the bonobos to just chill out and fucking because they were up high uh, well, because there are no gorillas to take the yeah. um, vegetarian okay. undergrowth stuff that they feed off. Huh. So. Well, scare- I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Scarcity in all environments mm. causes people to be cunts. But then, no, I mean, right now we've really quite got a lot of abundance, largely speaking. So. Well, our culture does, but our culture has abundance because many do not. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, mm. yeah. yeah. And right. that's kind of the fucked up thing. Like, we're living on the top of a pyramid here. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what bugged me about going, spending a little bit of time in Mullum and in Byron Bays because it's all like, life's perfect and bubbly, woo. But then... Yeah, know, like you're kind of missing... Because there is there's a, a fun loophole that a lot of spiritual communities can do, which is like... Um, it doesn't help anyone to worry about the bad yeah. and you need to be appreciate that you're blessed in the position you're in, but don't do anything about yeah, the bad. Yeah. And it's a bit sneaky in my opinion. Cause it's like, oh, no, nah, we have it's to. understandable. People are fucking lazy, right? Yeah. And, and, if, and if we you, all are. If that's are, what like, you're raised in. Great. But, um, it's, you, you're kind of like trying to do your best, but I think that's, that's an example of burying your head in the sand and like the most spiritually, uh, shielded way. Yeah, I just also just didn't like the spiritual materialism as well. I just got really cynical because also yeah, they man. were really uncynical people and so I, I, I'm just reactionary so I'll become the opposite of whatever the, all the other people like because I don't know who I am. But, <laughs> it also, but Nick, it also feels fucking corny though. Well, like I mean, that's what I, I mean, I saw so all these fucking Buddha statues and I, I just suddenly had this thought like, fuck, Buddha would be rolling in his fucking grave if he knew how many people who didn't even know what the fuck he was going on about were now like paying shit tons of money to buy fucking statues of his likeness and great right. into it. like it's like uh yeah so yeah it's like it, we are fucking costumes of ourselves and i think when you have an environment uh without 
critical judgment, you do. Oh, where are we at? Half an hour. Yeah. Um, yeah. When we ha- you have an environment where you lack critical judgment, I think some critical <sighs> judgment is important. And oh, some yeah, totally. Is not. Like, because I mean, look, they're lovely people. But if if you have to decide what fucking color carrot to eat based on the position of the planets that day, like <laughs> fucking maybe you should die. <laughs> you know, maybe you're not fit to survive in this world. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like some of the shit I witnessed, some of the fucking, I was just like, you know what? Some of this is total bullshit. And I don't think this is fucking spiritual at all. This is just like some kind of weird OCD neurotic fucking insanity. Yeah. Yeah, man. Says the guy who talks to fucking plants. <laughs> <laughs> but I think there's, in my opinion, where I value humans and ideas and concepts and art is authenticity in a way that isn't uh, fuck. It's like it's like the raw, honest truth, mm. as close as you can be to it. And it's not like a forced way of being or this forced mindset or anything. It's kind of like just exactly whatever it is for its own sake. And it's a hard thing to capture because as soon as you start to um, authenticity. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's become another fucking one of those catchphrases that everyone's like, living authentically, living authentically me. And it's like, but what is you? Um, I think it's I think it's like uh being in the moment. And yeah. Yeah, but do you know what I'm saying? Like there's a not thinking so much about it. Yeah. There's an there's an essence of things that just organically feel nourishing and cool and interesting and full and like you have a kind of conversation with a person like that you walk away feeling nourished like you had a good experience yeah 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 that that's a thing that i have a hard time putting my finger on but i know that it exists because i experience it all the time and that's the thing that i really highly value i think what happens is people mistake the authenticity or you as like this set thing Mm. And then so they clutch onto the set picture of, of in that point in time of what they think authentic is. But really it's like this process that just happens to throw off a certain, you know, image for that time. Yeah, that's in that place. interesting, isn't it? And then that could change. Because, you know, it, it, what becomes inauthentic is when you, you are authentic and then your mind comes and goes, okay, that's who I am. That's, that's authentic. And then it holds onto it. Right. And then you've actually changed the person, but then you continue to hold. It's like, you know, when you see those bands which age badly. Yeah. And they were authentic when they just first come up with that shit back when they were that age. But now they're like, you know, 40 and they fucking got long hair and they're coming in fans' faces all the time. (laughs) And you're like, come on, guys, fucking. Yeah, like it's time to start making some old blues. Yeah. You know, like. Old man music. Yeah. Yeah, Pennywise is a great example of that. They're a band that um, every time I've ever seen them live, they play exactly the same way, say the exact same shit. Everything's always the same. And they're really, because their highest value is staying punk. Yeah. You know, and staying. Are they still good? uh, No, it sort of just feels like it's phoned in, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, And they have got a loyal fan base, and I think they... They've got a cool thing and what they're doing, like they're really rigidly resisting any kind of change because they don't want to be one of those bands that makes an album for Kmart. And I get it. Like, you know, you don't want to sell out. You don't want to make one of those shitty albums that goes Mm. on the radio or whatever. But at the same time, like, yeah, stuck in the mud. Having said that, I do like how Robert Smith continually insists on wearing, you know, Robert Smith from The Cure. No. Okay, you know The Cure? Yes. Yeah, well, you know how the way he dresses? He, mm. he looks like a clown, you know? He's got <laughs> lipstick and he's got eyeshadow. Yeah. And it was all cool in the 80s when he was a goth. 
Andrew Goth, but now he's quite fat and he's 60. But he's still wearing the makeup, man. He's still just <laughs> gone with it, yeah. <laughs> no, that's good. I like that. I like you. Fucking represent, you fucking weirdo. <laughs> Why not? Well, Wear I, that red. Shane and I were talking about this just before on my way up here, and there's something interesting about the concept of we need in this environment to have a constant array of good things and bad things and shit stuff and interesting stuff and all kinds, because the more shit stuff we have, the more interesting stuff comes out of it on the other side. You know, the more that gross things exist, the more better shit exists. That's kind of like the nature of the experience of this life is all in contrast all the time. Yeah. 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 And so like, if it weren't for a band like Pennywise, you wouldn't know that that's a possibility that that that's true. You know, and that independent, or then there's other bands that are constantly reinventing themselves, constantly changing, constantly trying new shit. And it's like, okay, you wouldn't know that that existed if people didn't do that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah, I've, uh, there's a band which I really like called Animal Collective, and they reinvent themselves every album. Not their image-wise, but their music. Mm. But then there's always this core of the music, which is unmistakably them, even though... Wow, yeah, that's cool. That, I was saying that to Tijuana Cartel, or to um, yeah. old Paul from Tijuana, because I that's exactly how I feel about their music. It's okay. a similar thing. Animal Collective, was that the th- shit you were playing for us? I don't know, probably, maybe. Yeah, there's... So what do you think it is that makes it about them that makes it them? It's a process. Ah, so the song is it's a process. It's also the, the, the spirit without sounding too airy-fairy, but you can just tell the vibe or the... It's you know, like it's just essence. different permutations of the same essence, yeah. Right. Different expressions and permutations of the same essence. So how do you maintain the same essence while trying different permutations? Well, I mean, that's a, that's a grand question, right? I mean, you've got to keep digging deep and probably risk a few shitty albums. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe those shitty albums will pay off further down the road uh, with other albums. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd and be a jumping board, I guess, for some. I guess else. you'd just be willing to fail a couple of times, you know, and you're probably going to run out of shit eventually. I mean, how's. I mean, there's a good. Woody Allen did a intelligent thing, and I'm not talking about sleeping with his stepdaughter, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's intelligent. I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't sound good. <laughs> it doesn't sound good on paper. <laughs> but he switched different um, um, uh, outlets. So, you know, he was a stand up comedian for ages, and then he yeah. went to film, and then. So I think that was a smart move. So maybe you can switch mediums. Yeah, that's an interesting idea. And I think um, I think th- what I find is difficult is that I find it's very hard for people to stay them, stay uh, close to that authentic truth, the essence, without losing themselves in something on the way. And especially mm-hmm. because when you are really close to that authentic essence, you tend to have great success. You know, because people can notice it about you. Not all the time. (laughs) But people can, more or less, people become kind of uh, interested in something that is really authentically Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. And then it gains momentum and then, Then you know. Yeah, then it gets a following and then all of a sudden they start playing to the crowd and. Yeah, and then it Kmart wants to buy into it or whatever. The fucking labels get involved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I think that's like an eternal struggle is to figure out how not to lose that thing while still participating in the experience? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe just get someone to come on their face. Yeah. If only. <laughs> if only we could be so lucky. If I had enough money, I would just carry... Come on someone's face? <laughs> Sorry, cuss up. I can't come on someone's face, really. Yeah, you can. Just learn how to squirt. Yeah. 
Sorry, I go on. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> it's next on my top priorities. I'm learning how to write jokes right now. And the next thing is learning to squirt. I've okay. got some friends in the BDSM community now that I thoroughly enjoyed getting to know. And maybe they could teach me. I think you either have it or you don't. Really? Mm. Is it so? That's going to be me forever, just never being able to squirt on someone's face. Um, don't take my word for it, but maybe. Um, I don't appreciate how cynical you are. Talk with to my your abilities. friends. I'm going Sorry? back to Mullumbimby, where people care about me. Or, or people care about. They my don't dreams. care about you. <laughs> 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 it's all an act. <laughs> Life's not a music festival. <laughs> Get a fucking job. Says the guy who doesn't really have a job. Yeah. Uh, is that what Iboga said to you? Uh, what? Um, get a job? No. Actually, I had this moment where I was in Darwin um, looking f- through the fucking papers at jobs, seek.com. And um, I just had this moment just going, I can't fucking get a job. I've been free for too long. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. And then it was like I had to get a cert three. And then I was just like, I don't want to. And also, you know, the few people that I was talking with, I realized all the people would talk about was how much they fucking hated their coworkers. That was the bulk of the conversation with people. It's like, I can't believe fucking Louise is such a fucking bitch. (laughs) I was like, oh, God, I don't want to work with other people that I hate again. Like, uh, fuck that. Yeah, it's really hard. Yeah. I'm so fucking lucky that I have exactly enough hours in all of my various endeavors to pay my bills. I don't have any extra, so I I make it from week to week. But I have exactly enough time at each activity that I never get sick of it. That's good. I really enjoy all of the little pieces of things that I do. It's so good. Yeah, yeah. And it's just a matter of charging more money for my services, I suppose. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, as long as it's, you know, you can slowly build and stuff or get more skills. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I'm going to teach Qigong when I get back to Darwin. And so it's all about multiple streams. I think so. And I think that's that's kind of like a nice metaphor also for the way, uh, the direction that we all seem to be going in, in general. It's like kind of an acceptance that you are a giant collective of things rather than a thing. Yeah, definitely. And that um, as life progresses, because it's a weird thing, like what do you want to be when you grow up? It's like that idea doesn't really exist anymore. It's like... Well, I think the mistake is even projecting yourself into the future, you know, because I'm watching myself do that in fucking Qigong, like all these future plans of of start coming up while I'm fucking moving in slow motion for eight hours. And I'm like, why am I still even listening to these plans? Half of them never happen, more than half. (laughs) Like, what is this? Oh, in the future, I'm going to be this guy and he'll be like that and he'll have this. And I'm like, fucking shut up default mode network you yes but then there is the argument that if you don't have any goals to achieve for you just drift aimlessly doing nothing in the grass i think if you really if you if you can get out of your mind and actually just be in the moment and this is what my boga facilitator taught me and i've been testing this out a lot this year and it seems to be true things happen naturally you don't have to force things as long as you're in alignment but in alignment with what internally with yourself so you know you we're all these competing drives in our heads blah 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 but there's a ways to integrate yourself so it's a fully like master yang my qigong teacher is a perfect example of a man who's completely aligned on every level with himself okay. and he's just a really well integrated guy and same thing with my boga facilitator she was really aligned so there's no there's no warring parties wanting one thing and another warring party wanting another thing you know like yeah. it wasn't this fractured parliament of voices 
they were actually completely unified and very effective as people. Huh. So they taught me that, just like, just fucking sort yourself out internally and then the rest will follow because, you know, your outside world is a reflection of where you're at internally, right? So... And, and so in sorting yourself out internally, I mean, it's obviously like you've been working on a lot of body practice, getting yourself back into your body, not listening to your mind. But yeah, what, yeah. what kind of things can you do? Well, I, the mind is, is the biggest fucking problem, I think. So I'm doing an hour of meditation every morning and then two hours of Qigong. I mean, it's different for every person. Mm. It's because I wasn't in my body for most of my life. You know, I was in my mm. mind. All my energy was up in my brain. And that's a very common thing for everyone these days to yeah, be yeah. in. You're trying to sort out the world through your mind and your mind's running on fear, really. Fear and pain avoidance or pleasure seeking. And so now I'm, it's teaching me to uh, drop out of a mind-oriented sort of steering device into a more body, um, present moment sort of uh, way of orienteering myself. Yeah, And that's okay. actually like this continually... And I'm not good at. I'm not. I've nowhere near mastering it. But I, I, I am getting better than when I was. Mm. And it's all about not being aware of your mind, you know, and just not getting lost in your mind, and just stepping back and, you know, listening to your breath and feeling your body, coming in someone's face. Yeah, that moment is <laughs> just such a blissful, just such a blissful release. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> um, when you. Uh, not uh, now. I've got coming in faces in my head. Um, <laughs> So when you're in that place of kind of this clear, open-minded, uh, or zero mind, really, and yeah. just kind of in the moment, um, it seems to me that you think that th this is a better way of being. So that yeah. kind of infers that there is a purpose to being. Is there? Like, is there a purpose to this? Is there a purpose to being? I think it's just. I think it's just being. <laughs> and so, and so, what's the uh, what's, what's the, the purpose? I, um, I think it's just to, I don't know. I reckon it's just to help people or help others or be be true true to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like you sound like an Instagram. Be true to yourself <laughs> and like. Uh, I read know. that on Instagram this morning. No, 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 do that. Oh, I, was I don't do that voice. I <laughs> <and a selfie. laughs> you do it too well. It's <laughs> so American. Um, you're gonna love my stand-up. Yeah, I don't. I don't That's know. That's exactly what it sounds like okay. all the time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, uh, well, actually, I don't really want to see any stand-up. <laughs> I know. Don't worry. You never have to. I'll never subject you to it. No, no. I never want to see. Well, I don't know. Well, I'll probably see stand-up again one time. Um, um, but yeah. So like that. So what I guess I mean is that like you spend a lot of time and energy finding this place of kind of like peace inside yourself, and I, I kind of wonder to what end. Is it? Is it to navigate the world in a more I think, comfortable um, way? Or? I think when you get to that place, like, uh, you're in a better position to sort of spread that around. Yeah, okay. And then people meet, not me at this point, I know I'm getting better, but like me meeting people like Marcy Yang or my burger facilitator, I was like, oh, now I know what I'm trying to get to and it's real. Ah, okay. Because you don't really see many of these people. Yeah. And it's what I've met in a lot of not all, but quite a lot of shamans, they've reached a certain point of contentment, you know? Huh. And then they just, they function differently, you know? They've transcended the mind and uh, the monkey mind, or the machiwawa, as they call it in Peru. Mm -hmm. And 
they're just they don't have that noise of that. I should get this done, and maybe if I do that, someone will love me, and blah blah blah. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. all that sort of stuff. God, it's exhausting, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I fucking like that has been my battle, like with this whole new thing, because it's you know anytime you try something new and you're experimenting, and the stakes are not majorly high right now for what I'm doing, but it you know like just being in front of people and having to let yourself be vulnerable. Yeah. And I always thought, oh, I'm so cool. I'm easy with vulnerability. Like I talk about all kinds of shit on this podcast. Don't care. I'm not worried about it. Like people are always saying you're brave. But that this is a different kind of vulnerable. This is a yeah. totally, and it's really being aware of how fucking hectic my brain is on all sides. Thinking I'm better than I am. Thinking I'm worse than I am. Thinking I'm. Yeah, you just got to get out of that. God, yeah. it's Take a flood dose. It's exhausting. It worked for me. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Well, I'm I'm just working on trying to find uh, dudes to come on me. Oh yeah, yeah. So that's it. All right, we gotta go. No, I ha- we got 15 minutes to go. We have 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, no. unless you want to go, I don't know. Well, I have to go to the toilet. All right, and then well, I just have go on to toilet drive on the pot on the podcast. On the podcast. <laughs> okay, you watch me and and just tell the audience what's well, happening. I don't have to watch you. <laughs> I love it how you just assume. All right, you watch me. Well, you're what? the well, you're the only one that's going to be here telling the listeners what's happening. Okay, okay, so that's right. what I mean. You how about to how about I go on about the the, the vision that the burger told me? Can I say right. that? Yeah, you go on about that. I'm going to go pee. All in right, the woods. okay, okay. So here's a score, guys. Uh, the collapse is the collapse is coming. Um, um, if you live in an urban area, think about heading out to a regional area where it'll be a lot safer because when the collapse happens, uh, the cities will be the first to really go into total chaos and shut down. Um, learn some survival skills. Uh, you're going to have to learn how to be independent from the system. Uh, the problem with systems of control is basically uh, the main... Um, the main motivation is total control and there needs to be some pushback. And right now there is no pushback because everyone's become fairly lethargic and uh, complacent. And so the control is only going to tighten, basically. And so there's no way we can fight this control system. It's got all the money, it's got all the power and the game is rigged. So really it's our duty for anyone who wants to do this. And I do believe there is a separation going on between those of us who do want to wake up and those of us who prefer to remain asleep, uh, well, the ones who do want to wake up, it's our job to deprogram ourselves from all the uh, control programs that this matrix has put inside of us. And uh, when the collapse does happen, forcing a large section of the populace to wake up, it'll be our job to help them acclimatize quickly. So we can't fight the system, but what we can do is try to explore new ways of being that are far more beneficial for you uh, and and so much better for you that people then just leave the existing system and join us and in our free love, polyandrous, no private property, um, fuck community. So, uh, hey, Lorna, so how's the piss? Yeah, it was good. <laughs> it was really nice. And um, I, one car came, but I was okay. They didn't see me. Okay, that's good. Um, so have you enlightened the world? Uh, no, I just delivered a message that I got. Okay. Um. Yeah, man. Well, I think there's a lot of value in trying to figure out different ways of fucking doing this shit. And I think that... Uh, well, no one's happy. Well, very few I people know. are happy. Even the rich people aren't happy. That's why, that's why we have all this spiritual materialism, because it's the next thing they think they can buy, spirituality, because everything else right. hasn't made them happy. Yeah, like nothing... And this is the fucked up thing, is that... And I think this is what comes back to that aching feeling of uh, impatience that I have, is that that's... 
it's really having to accept that nothing else is going to make you happy. That like there is nothing that will make you happy. You keep thinking that you're going to get something in the future that somehow is going to yeah. fix stuff. And it fucking It's an internal state, yeah. I, I'm happy now. Like, yeah. That's good, man. Yeah. That's really So good. much more happier than you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so much more happier than you. You should join my cult. I'm only happier when I'm happier than other people. <laughs> in other words, I'm a total douchebag. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, I had a moment where I was sitting out the front of my shipping container and I was thinking, okay, maybe I need to get a proper job and then I'll uh, get a better, better fucking unit and I can live in an apartment in the city. And then, and then I just was like, I was like, well, actually, I'm quite happy here. I don't even have that fucking much. But, uh, you know, wealth is co- positively correlated with suicide. So do I want more money? No, I want to live. Right. Yeah, and, I, and everything is kind of shifting in that direction. It's just that we're in a lot. I, I mean, probably every generation is always in a confusing time, but I feel like we're in a particularly confusing time. Yeah, yeah, it's getting because, more like, the in, yeah, the internet has opened so many possibilities that nobody could have ever fucking imagined. Yeah, yeah, and I just don't like most of them are shit too. Yeah, and a lot of most them. It's noise. It's it's chaos. get a Facebook. I got a Facebook recently. That was great. Yeah, did you? It's like uh, it was like shitting out a tumor. <laughs> God, I bet, man. I fucking hate Facebook. I get off it, man. You don't need it. Well, I don't use it for anything except for this podcast. And this is I'm I do get a little bit concerned about. And actually, people, if you're listening to this, I would love your feedback. Um, <laughs> I don't post anything on my social media unless I'm promoting the podcast or something to do with it. Yeah. And I I can't tell. From one side, I think it's good because that's what the medium's there for, and that's what my purpose is on it. I don't have any other desire to promote myself outside of the podcast. Yeah. But on the other side, then I wonder if I'm just one of those annoying business people that keeps just saying, listen to my podcast. Do you know what I mean? I, well, like, does it even work? Do people see Yeah, I think business? so. I think that's okay, how well, most then, people then you're know fine. No, no, you, I think you're fine. Existing. That's all right. Okay. You, you should only really go into Facebook if you have a specific purpose in mind, not not if you're just bored and you're like... Yeah, I never use it for anything else. Oh, look at this picture of this. Fuck, I hate this person. Why am I friends with them? Oh, God, Yeah. But I do still get that dumb shit where it's like somebody adds me as a friend and I'm like, oh, do they like me? Oh, how do I manage this? Like, because I'm still, this is well, how Well, you na- click yes naive. and then you unfollow them. <laughs> yeah, I do. You unfollow everyone. That's, yeah, that's I don't want to see anyone's shit on my newsfeed. Um, but like, I, I wonder about this. Like, I am so naive with Facebook that because I don't use it personally as a, I use it on my business page for my shit. Um if someone interacts with me on Facebook or if I interact with them... The government them, does know, yes. Yeah. They're watching me and loving me. Well, I mean, there's that prism thing. Oh, for sure, yeah. But Facebook, I mean, um, if somebody interacts with me, I my brain reacts to it as if they were interacting with me in real life. I don't have any difference. Like, I'm, really? not, I'm not a savvy user of social media, I so I don't difference. actually understand the you nuance. Know, if, someone, if someone contacts me on Facebook, I'll be like, show us your tits. You know, and I'll be like, oh, shit, I don't do that in real life. <laughs> like, oh, God, whoops, sorry, sorry. <laughs> delete, delete. <laughs> I don't, man. I interact on Facebook exactly the same way I would in real life. So someone sends me a friend w- request or if somebody likes my picture or whatever, I'm like, oh, they think I'm neat. They like me. And then well, I'm, this is this is where it gets fucked up. Because it, it becomes this ego thing. Yes, and this, man. This it really fucks me up. this reward dopamine system fucking thing, which gets you hooked. Mm. 
And because I don't know how to disassociate that. And I talked to Melina about this the other day and she luckily is a lot more tech savvy than me. And she just goes, it fucking means nothing. People are just mindlessly scrolling and they might yeah, tap yeah. and they might not. It means fucking nothing. doesn't mean anything. So like I have me getting tangled up about someone not answering a message or answering a message or not or liking something or don't or any of that bullshit. It's like, oh, fuck, I'm I'm creating. I have like an entire social community that I'm stressing about for no reason. Because it doesn't exist. No, it doesn't exist. It only exists in my mind. <coughs> yeah, That's essentially. fucking crazy. Uh, yeah, they're just fucking words on a screen. Mm. These aren't people. They're NSA spy bots. Well, and, and something that was really interesting that a Buddhist lady taught me a long time ago was that... Uh, Coming on someone's face is good? Yes. <laughs> Learn how to squirt, she said, as she sat on top of me and squirted <laughs> on my face. Okay. It was beautiful. It was complete uh, unattachment. <laughs> She was so unattached, she didn't even wipe it off. She just walked away. (laughs) Yeah. She came on my face in the shape of the wheel of Dharma. Be in the moment and just lay underneath me. (laughs) The Buddhist Buddhist way is do not use a tissue because that's not Zen. Well, I mean, the Zen Zen come would be like, you come, but there's no come. That's my kind of cum. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or you so see I'm a reflection a of the moon Buddhist. in the puddle of cum. <laughs> Is it the same moon? I don't know. <laughs> I don't Dive know. in and see. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What, what was I going to say? The Buddhist lady told me something. <laughs> <laughs> some Doesn't shit matter. about some fucking Doesn't matter. I got to go do a comedy show and you have okay. to go back to do it. I got to go piss. Qigong. You have to go piss. In the world, and I don't have any iboga stories to tell these guys, so that's it. That's all right. Okay. Um, well, this was fun. Yeah, man, I love talking to you. It's so good. Yeah, I'm it's glad good. that you are around. Um, I'll be back again in a year. Oh no, actually, I'll be back in October. If people want to read the shit that you write about, is it yeah. still on Medium? Yeah, it's still I got a Medium blog, uh, Nixon Medium, and then Nixon YouTube. I'll start putting stuff up in about I don't know, a few weeks. Cool. He's coming back to comedy, ladies and gentlemen. Just. Once I get my own Tell crowd, him. I'm not I'm not gonna be part of the fucking comedy scene. God. <laughs> I know. It's terrifying. It really is. I'm climbing. Been there, my done that thirteen years, motherfucker. Ugh, I can't imagine it. All right. Thank you so much, Nick. All right. Bye. Come on your face. <laughs> Hi again. That was Nick Sun. You can find him on YouTube, YouTube Nick Sun, also uh, medium.com uh, he is where all of his articles are, his blog posts, and you can find him on Facebook or no, not no, no longer Facebook. He's got rid of that. You can find him on Instagram, I think at the real Nick Sun, but uh, probably not going to get much activity out of Nick Sun on social media. Go to his YouTube, go to Medium, and uh, hopefully one day you will have a comedy show that you can go and see of his as well. Thank you so much for listening. As always, we'll talk to you again next week.